This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about college football. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, sitting across from me, Evan Grant, and to my left, David Moore. And on the line, the one and only Barry Switzer. Coach, how are you doing? I'm fine, Kevin. How are you guys this morning? Well, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, it's beat Texas week. Do you still have that hat, Coach? Yeah, you know, that's a, people bring that out, and I see a lot of tweets out there with that picture, and they describe it, and they're trying to get Lincoln Riley to wear one. And <laughs> and if I was Lincoln, I said, no, don't do that. And I only had the original one. But, you know, I never knew I had it on. People don't understand that. <laughs> if you were at the game in 84, that downpour that we had, and the game that we were screwed out of without any question, if we had replayed today, we would have that been another Texas victory for me. And to get screwed out of one, you know, they're hard to come by, and especially in that era because Texas is damn good. And, and all of a sudden I uh, get the two calls that go against me. Casillas recovers a fumble three plays earlier than we intercept the ball in the end zone three yards, and Stansbury slides out of the end zone and would totally, uh, totally, completely control the football. And, uh, and they call Butch Clark. I don't forget. You know, it's been so damn long ago, I hadn't forgotten the official's name. His name was Butch Clark. He made the call. And I've, uh, of course, lived with that ever since. But the point is that that game started out with a downpour. It rained the entire game. And Oklahoma and Texas, I believe, were ranked one and two in the country, weren't we? That it sounds right. Two game. Yeah. Both, both teams were undefeated. We were uh, ranked one and two, 84. And what happens is that is that my managers went away. It didn't. The game didn't start a downpour. All of a sudden, it started early, and it started just pouring torrential downpour, torrential downpour. Now, and my managers come up to me and say, "Here, coach." And I put on my rain slickers. I slipped them on my jacket. They just hand me a hat. Well, hell, I'm into the game. We're out there, and it's a close game, and. And uh, they, I just take the hat and throw it on my head because the brain's pouring out. I don't know that these damn managers have given me this hat they had bought that day at the Cotton Bowl. And I stick this big Texas hat on there. And I wear it the whole game. Well, of course, the national cameras are on me, ABC or whoever hell up doing the game. And there I am on the sidelines wearing a beat Texas cap. And they made, tried to make something out of it, but hell, I didn't pay attention to it. But. Totally innocent, didn't know what was wearing. I, I, I'm, I'm voting with you on that. Totally innocent, coach. Now, listen, let me. Bastard south of the river, believe any damn thing I say. Now, listen on the uh, uh, on Lincoln Riley was is uh, was ill, was not at the press conference yesterday, so I didn't get to ask him any questions. Uh, you know, first of all, do you know anything? Is he okay? Well, I, I, 
I hear things the last thing. You know, when Bob Stoops was going to resign, I get that damn call from a media guy in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, saying, well, what do you think about Stoops retired? Well, I, I got to hang up because I don't know a damn thing about it. So <laughs> then I get a text before the uh, game this week that says, what do you think about uh, 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 Kyler Murray not starting the ball game? Well, hell, I didn't know that. You know, I'm not <laughs> close to the program anymore. I'm never over there involved in it. I don't live in a house anymore. So I'm the last guy that hears things. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't read the paper that much anymore. I don't pay much attention to what's said. You know, I didn't trust you guys anyway. You know, fiction writers. And, I was going to say, no one reads the paper you know, anymore, so you're not alone there. With all this false news out there, no one pays these days. Yeah. Yeah. This slipped over in the sports world, too. Yeah, I know it's in the political that, realm, but I don't know if it got to the sports false news. Yeah, but, that's right. Uh, so let, let, you, anyway. brought, you brought up Kyler Murray. Now uh, he, he's turned out pretty good. Uh, would he have been a Would he have been a good uh, wishbone quarterback for you? Turned out pretty good, but he ain't lost a damn game. Since <laughs> <started>. <laughs> My God, he's forty seven and old. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, you know the guy's amazed me that he is. We all knew he could run. I saw him still bases sixteen for sixteen in baseball. He's a rocket. He's got great speed. I probably had only two quarterbacks faster than him, Eric Mitchell and Charles Thompson. Those guys were four three guys. I don't know if this this guy's a four four guy, and uh, been timed in four four. And uh, you know those that's playing fast enough to uh, get on open field. You're gonna score anyway. He is amazed me by the, his accuracy throwing the football. This guy's got a great touch for throwing the football, and that's of course what Baker Mayfield had and. This guy followed it up with, you know what, I, I, the last school, what, throw this little trivia out there. I'm always been a trivia buff. You know, who's the last school that had two Heismans back-to-back? Come on, guys. 45-46, Lynn Davis and Doc Blanchard. Oh, right that's right. that was right on the tip of my tongue. So, yeah, yeah, it was right on the tip. I had to bring it out. We can't keep <laughs> up with you, Coach. We, you are too quick for right. us. Yeah, but here's the, here's the guy. Think about it. The guy is in the hunt for a Heisman. If Oklahoma could win out, this guy statistically, you know, and he did Army had the ball 45 minutes. He only had it 15 minutes. Now think about that. If he had, had another 15 minutes, he'd have another two or 300 yards. He had seven touchdowns last week. He threw for six, and he lacked one inch of making seven touchdown passes, you know, which is uh, incredible. Yeah, through, the, through his if, first five games, his numbers – are as good or better than than all the uh, Heisman quarterbacks that y'all have had at Oklahoma. That's right. Now think about that. And so he's on. I, I, I think they got him listed six. Well, I don't know. Whoever lists these damn Heisman contenders. Fourth, but, I think they got him. You know, I don't think any of them have got. But first of all, none of them can run as good as him. None of them have the speed he has. No. Open field, everyone would rather have this guy with the ball on open field than any of them. But then his passing numbers are fantastic so it's just that he's not probably being looked at and given the credit to do him right now because i think he's good as any quarterback up there coach the thing that surprises me after after watching him in high school the thing that still surprises me a little bit is that he does throw the ball as well as he does especially in the as he gets as he's gotten to college because of the height does it surprise you at all well, first of all, the formation really helps him, and he gets a little bit deeper than the rest of them. But his trajectory of his ball does because he knows he's a disadvantage because of his height. He throws the ball 
with the release that elevates the ball quickly, and it's out at a higher trajectory than this five foot ten statue would think you would have. And that's uh, I think he's compensated with that before that. And the guy has been able to, to, to throw the football without being pressured by the uh, push of the interior uh, part of the offensive line. They've done a pretty good job of protecting the passing game. I don't think we've blocked the running game that well so far. But they have, have protected him, and he's quick with the ball. He knows where to go with it. He get, he's got his reach. He's like Baker Mayfield. He can go one, two, three of the ball out. He knows where to go with it, and, and uh, he's quick. He's, he's mental gymnastics in, in the passing game is very quick, and, and he's really that's where he's really showed me that he's special because you know he hadn't played any until this year. And this uh, and this guy who's uh, calling the place for Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, he's about as good as it gets, mm-hmm. isn't he? I said when uh, Mike Stoops said, uh, not Mike, hell no, not Mike, Mike, Mike Leach told me, Mike said that without a doubt he was the best offensive coordinator that he had ever mm-hmm. tutored. And when we got him from East Carolina, if you went back and checked East Carolina, you know East Carolina's talent doesn't rank many of the teams that uh, in the country. And uh, – he, his teams were always offensively ranked in the top five uh, statistically in the country. And he was at East Carolina with uh, uh, Ruffin McNeil, yeah. who happens to be on the staff now with him. And uh, so what happens is that, uh, you know, we've got a guy that recruits the quarterback, he coaches the quarterback, he calls the plays for the quarterback. So he's got a tremendous relationship with that position and he gets to go recruit that position. And I think any quarterback in the United States would love for Lincoln Riley to come to him and talk to him and tell him, you're the guy I want to play for me, because they only recruit one quarterback nowadays. You only really try to get one guy. And uh, I think it gives Lincoln a tremendous advantage in recruiting. It's really a tremendous advantage. So have you seen Texas play any at all this year? Uh, a little bit here and there. So yeah. what do you think? I saw a little bit of the highlights against Kansas State in 1914. They didn't do much offensively, and that the punt return was kind of the difference. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I think I think Texas, from what little I've seen, Texas has got better athletes than anybody that we've played. Iowa State's been the best game team we've been playing. I mean, we've played, and even though Army played just a, to a, I think that's an aberration because of the damn. They had it 45 minutes. We had it 15. We we you play it. I had a career doing this, Kevin. I I, I ran the offense. I did a, uh, I did the same thing to my opponents. I have the ball 42, 43, 44 minutes. You know, I'd control it and go score with it. And the offense is sitting over there watching me. And that's the best defense there is. Is having an offense have to sit on the bench. And uh, that's what they did to us. Uh, 45 minutes, Army had the football. And our offense, who's, who averaged, uh, what, they had it 40 plays and had 400 yards? You know, they averaged 10 yards a snap. Yeah. But they didn't have the damn football. Right. And that was the problem. We couldn't get it from them. And people bring it, bring this up all the time. You know, uh, my career, I, I ran the offense. I know what it does to people. Then the one game I lost, we were, we we were thirty eight zero and one one tie Southern Cal in seventy three. We hadn't lost a game since nineteen seventy two when I played the game in seventy five and lost a game. We'd gone thirty nine games without a defeat, and guess who I lost to? A wishbone team. 
I couldn't get the damn ball away from them with when I needed it. And when I did, I fumbled the damn thing. I turned it over, and we played terribly. But they beat us because uh, they had some ball control and kept the ball from us. And uh, it was uh, against Kansas, a six and five team. They only won six games. We went on, won the rest of them, and won the national championship and beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl because we played conventional offenses and we weren't playing an option team and that was a ball control team. So I know what it does, and and uh, and uh, so I I uh, just uh, figured that Oklahoma's going to have a problem with it, and they had a big problem with it. So uh, you got a score on this game? Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> I think Oklahoma win. I I. Uh, uh, I think Oklahoma uh, can play against uh, – Oklahoma's back to playing against these spread offenses. Texas is in the spread offense. And they're in the running games in the spread offense. This is what we practice against every day. It's what we play against every day except for Army. We won't play against another offense like this for two years till we go play Army up there. And, uh, no, Oklahoma will play it pretty good, and Oklahoma's a team that scores 60, 70 points. Hell, they did that to Baylor last week. Yeah, 66. 66. So Oklahoma's going to score now, guys. They they go. They got great speed in the receivers. This receivers are outstanding. These Oklahoma has a great receiver core. We lost our Heisman running back. Anderson was a great back, but I want to tell you, Oklahoma's deep running back. They got some guys that can play, and they got that big Trevor. This the Trey, what's the Trey? What I can't think of his last name. Kid from Georgia, just a sophomore. Played a lot last year as a freshman. You know, he's a battering ram. He's a two twenty pounder that was uh, good speed. He can go north and south. He can ricochet up in there, and make things happen. But but it's quarterback and the receivers, the killers in this offense. Well, they got a great offense. The defense hasn't been as good, and I think that'll be the issue for the Sooners going forward to make that another run at the CFP. Don't you think? Right. Baylor, I'm going to tell you, Baylor looked good moving the ball against us. Their running back Baylor's got is damn good, and and uh, you know they got good receivers. That Brewer's a good quarterback. They made some plays. They moved the ball, and uh, they ran the ball better than I wanted them to run it on us. They ran the damn football in Oklahoma, and that bothered me. Our secondary is better, and our linebacker core is better. We can run. We got great speed on defense, but. I just don't know if our guys squatting down up front are as good as we thought maybe they were going to be or play as good as they. Maybe <clears throat> maybe they'll play against the conventional, which conventional offenses as they are spread offenses, and uh, and maybe they'll be better against those guys. I don't know. It's what they practice against all the time. My God, Barry Switzer sounds like Larry Munson these days. It's amazing. Larry Munson? Is that your question? I sound like who? You sound like Larry Munson. I'm drawing, a, I'm drawing a blank on that. That's the old voice of the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The voice oh, of the Bulldogs. Hey, does this, this sound like you, Coach? This is the quote that I've got from after the 84 game. I've got, uh, I can't get a call. All the calls made against us at the last there were by Southwest Conference officials. We thought we had the game won. Texas tight end fumbled, and we recovered early on that last drive. It was right in front of me, and I saw the ball come out, but a Southwest Conference official took it away from us. Does that sound like you? Mm-hmm. We I need more coaches like that in the game today. <laughs> no, it sounds like all, it sounds like Democrats and Republicans. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now, baby, you, you know, know. <laughs> but uh, that's what happened. Casillas recovered some. They threw an inside screen. The back caught it. 
got knocked out. He drops the ball on a downpour, and I'll never forget. Right, but the official, John McClintock, the referee, he's a big eight official. John McClintock was uh, the uh, uh, referee in the game, and he's a big eight official. He, he's got his glasses off. He had enough thick glass, Coke bottle glasses, and he was cleaning his damn glasses running across the field when, when the damn ball came out, and uh, he couldn't see because of the downpour. And the ball was cleanly out, and we recover it, and they don't give it to us, you know. See, it's just a little things went against us. They've been a replay error. We win the ball game. There you go. Now, where is the coach's cabana? What are you, who's going to be on with you this week? I got Thomas Lott, my old ex-quarterback from San Antonio, played back in the 70s and good player. And uh, Mark Rogers is the radio on the Sooners uh, three hours a day here with the Sports Animal in Oklahoma statewide. And really good. He's anchor on television. He's a pro. And uh, so we – we do the game, and sometimes we'll have a guest. And uh, but it's a it's a fun deal. We've changed it this year. We don't do the whole. We're on the internet. We're on live. Uh, we're on broadcast TV. Uh, ratings. I, we have over two hundred thousand people watch our show. It's unbelievable. Two hundred thousand ratings. Wow. Yeah, we had a what? They call it a one on the Nielsen, Nielsen rating. We really it's it's been amazing. We're statewide. What well, what it is? It's a pregame prediction show. We talk about. Uh, the Big Eight, we talk about, about Big Twelve. I mean, the Big Twelve, you know, and, and we talk about the teams of the Big Twelve, Oklahoma, OSU, Big Twelve, top games of the week. We make our predictions. We talk about them, and uh, we talk about, you know, just internally over football, and what, and show highlights and uh, a past game. It's just a thirty-minute show, and it's uh, taped and it's played thirty minutes before the game starts. So when our broadcast is over with on delayed TV on network. Dish, cable, uh, Cox—it's all over the state. You can get it anywhere, and and, and uh, the uh, uh, it game's over. We're kicking off, so we—I get to go to the games first time I have in uh, six, seven years. So, you so gonna... I get to go to all home games. I get to go all home games. I won't be at the Texas game. Uh-huh. You no, know? not... but I'm sending out a tweet this morning. Hey guys, I'm sending out a tweet from the 1976 spy game. Remember that when I uh, walked down the yeah. ramp, Gerald Ford, Gerald and I. I got a picture of that. I haven't seen. I've never seen this picture before. But someone had it and tweeted, and I'm gonna retweet it with my quote to it. But it is a picture of me, Gerald, photographers surrounding us. It looks like we've been arrested, both of us, <laughs> and we got Ford in the middle, and he's trying to talk. And Daryl and I are walking down the ramp. Daryl's got his sunglasses on. And it's 1976, 42 years ago, and Daryl and I look like young men then. And uh, it, 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 it'll be interesting. Y'all need to check me if, I, if you follow me on Twitter because I'm fixing to send this picture out. Well, we will check that but, out. Uh, we will retweet it later this afternoon. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, take care. And I, I know you got enough there to fill up another podcast. So <laughs> the great thing about it, the reason you guys like to call me is you never get a chance to ask questions. All I do is uh, I just filibuster. We just, we just, we just tee it up and let you go with it, Coach. I, That's the just deal. let you pick a game from sometime in the memory and just run. Yeah. yeah. People would rather hear you talk than us. Yeah. We appreciate right, it, Coach. Good. Take care, Kevin. Take care. Right, See you. There he goes, Barry Switzer. Uh, you know, it's funny he should say that. It's, it's like this is exactly what you do, Barry. I, you know, we did a uh, one time we did a little uh, video podcast, and and uh, it was about forty five minutes long. I think I asked five questions, <laughs> and, and Barry filled the rest of the time. The, the, the detail he remembers is amazing.
It, it is amazing, isn't it? The stuff that he yes. can recall like that. Uh, you know, that was 1984. I was trying to remember. I remember where I was when I watched that game. It was in the, it was in the rain, and it ended up a tie. It was just a, an abysmal end to that, to that game. It was a corduroy hat. I was looking at a picture of the hat. It was, it was white. No, it was red. It was red? Yeah. It was I red. that was white. The patch was white. The oh, the Texas patch was patch white. That's was what white. I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, but it was a corduroy hat. Yeah, beat um, Texas. How about that? Beat Texas. Yeah. Damn managers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All if right. that happened today. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's the thing. You, know, you look back at it. We were talking about that the other day. It, you know, you, you go. You don't have the access you used to have, and, you, yeah. and the coaches weren't the same. And, and I, we had a meeting with Steve Hatchell with the National Football Foundation the other day, and he was complaining about, you know, stuff. You know, we're under attack, you know, and we need to, you know, because of uh, concussions and everything else. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told Steve, I said, here's your real problem. If you're talking about marketing of these teams, it's the fact that college coaches aren't like they used to be. It used to be you go, the media would go and talk, and they, and they gave us access, and we talked, and we did stories, and we talked to their players. And there was a lot of information that went out there that they would consider good information about their teams. But now there's such a hands-off, no, 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 you, you can't come in and you can't talk to us, can't and we're going to talk coaches. to you. You can't talk to anybody. Anymore. I mean, I listen. I still go back, and this is twenty five years as far back as I can, as, as far back as I can go. Is I'm sitting in Gene Stallings' room, in Gene Stallings' office with him while he's eating chicken wings and doing the, the coach show. And absolutely, you just don't get that now, and you don't get you don't get to paint that picture of these guys as as people. Um, no, and and it's unfortunate because a guy like Barry Switzer is 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 a character, and certainly when he when he coached, there were Little things like NCAA rules that occasionally got in the way. <laughs> little things, um, but he was he was a character, you know. I mean, and and well, look in the, in the end, these are good things for college football. When these guys, I can in speaking of Barry, I I went when he was coach of the Cowboys. I went in and sat down with him and talked to him and his brother Donnie about their father and their relationship with their father. And if you know that background, it's a very uh, intriguing, fascinating story. And he's talking to me, and then he turns and talks, starts talking to Donnie and asking him, and they're trying to wrestle with this whole issue of their father and their love for their father, and despite who he was and some of the things that he did, did some good things and a lot of bad things. And, and you know, to, to sit there and watch that and watch these two guys talk about that it was, it was a fascinating thing to me, and I tried to relate that in the, in the course of the story. Right. And, and, you know, then I'm watching, I'm, I'm seeing something earlier this year about A&M's football team and which they say that the, that the new defensive coordinator, Mike Elko from Notre Dame, this was the last time before the season started, this was the last time he was going to be available to talk this year. The mm-hmm. last time. The defensive coordinator. Defensive you could coordinator. not talk to him again for the rest of the year. Well, what is he going to say? Right. I mean, you know, I, I don't get that. Yeah, it's – I mean, <sighs> and, and again, I know, you know, fans will say, well, we don't care. We just want to see the games. But I, I do think that people who want to be informed and who want to be – um, they want to find out about their, their team. team. They want to find out more about their team. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, you went in and talked to Switzer when he was the coach yeah. and, and sat down with him. And, and I did too. Um, I uh, went to his door um, <laughs> and wanted to have a conversation with him and knocked on his door and he came to the door and um, uh, I said, can I talk to you for a minute? And he slammed the door in my face. <laughs> um, now I left out this one detail <laughs> that it was the day he got fired. Um, and I had been here about three weeks, and they said, go to Barry Switzer's house. I'm like, okay. He's, he uh, said, no, they're releasing a damn statement. Slam the door in my face. Um, 
And you know what? I, I thought love that, that rapport story. came through on the podcast today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've right. always shared that moment. <laughs> the chemistry. But here's the thing, okay? Old-time coach. You know what else old-time coaches used to do? What's that? They used to grab players by the face mask and <laughs> yeah. shake them. Okay? Yeah. And Jimbo Fisher did that. And this is one thing that we can – I think we can all agree with that, uh, you know, old the old-time coaches, we could we could lose at this point in time. That part of it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although it's, it's funny, since I wrote that column uh, off of that game, you know, it was really, really interesting. In the course of the game, I did not see this actually happen. Uh, and, you know, you're sitting in the press box. And, and so after the game where the press conference is just about to start with Jimbo Fisher and Ben Baby was sitting there with his laptop and he, and he shows me, he says, hey, look at this. And, and he shows the, <laughs> that we had put up a video of, of the play in which – he had gone over. Jimbo runs onto the field uh, to confront Terrell Dodson, his very fine linebacker, and runs up to him and reaches up and grabs his face mask, pulls down and up on it, uh, and then pushes him back with it. And, and Dodson actually backs up three or four steps afterwards. And uh, and he says it's because he's breaking up a fight. Well, I wrote my entire column off of that because I just felt like not only was it that issue, but if you, but I looked up. On you can look it up anywhere. When he was at Florida State, he was constantly grabbing players by their face masks. You know, several there, there are several pictures of him doing that. And and then when you look at the uh, the comments made by Santino Martial, a former player, and and whether that's true or not, he he talked about the this this coaching staff was more or less abusing the mostly verbal abuse he said of players. Uh, but uh, and then. <laughs> And then when the players came in, the Aggie players came in after the game, uh, you know, uh, Dalen Mack, a very fine defensive lineman, at one point we said, hey, you know, that where he grabbed, uh, you know, Terrell Dotson with the face mask, is that, you know, was that kind of evidence of some of the stuff that he's doing? And they said, uh, basically, we've seen worse. Right. And I, listen, I just think the age of the over angry coach has passed. Okay, if you want to get in a player's face, if you're so emotional that you need to get in a player's face, I think you can you, you can grab them by the shoulder pads. You know, you don't horse collar them. You don't grab. Them I don't by think the you face. need to touch them at all. You can just, you can say whatever you want to. to but them. I mean, if you need if, if a guy's lost in the moment, and you need to get his attention, and you want to grab him by the shoulder pads and look him straight in the eye. Okay, that's fine. But it, there is a bad optic that goes with grabbing somebody by by the shirt collar, by the face mask. Um, You'd be surprised, though, on Twitter. I'm getting buried on Twitter on this one. And it, from people saying that oh, this is what's the matter with the world now. People, it's, it's soft. It's this. It's that. What did you expect me to do? And what I expect is, is I got backed up by this by Marcus Spears, who played at LSU. Of course, played for the Cowboys. And Booger McFarland also played at LSU. Played there when, when Jimbo Fisher was there. And, and both of them said the same thing. Don't put your hands on people you know no. that's what that's what uh, uh marcus said he says i played a long time i played all the way up three he says no coach ever touched me you know and that's the thing people will say well this is i get a lot of twitter from people saying that this is what my high school coach did yeah and and that doesn't fly anymore right that's the whole it doesn't issue. make it right doesn't I, make it right I, yeah. I i have four kids the 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 first two i did things with them and disciplining them that I didn't do with the last. Hey, year. hey, hey, Kevin! I didn't grab That's their face mask, but but it's, it's like I evolved over that period of time, over the seven years that, right. that separates the oldest from the youngest. I have, uh, it's like, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's not that's not a good idea. And uh, and that's and that's what this is, you know. I got I got paddled as a kid, you know, by the principal. Sure. I don't I don't advocate for that. No. Um, and I think we've come we've come a long way. Uh, Brian is, is signaling we should be wrapping it up. Oh my We've God! Come a long we need to leave TV quickly. Thing. I believe is what yeah. the. Uh, 
Well, here's here's the issue in the in the long run with me is that just what you said, the optics are very bad for this kind of thing. I'm I'm wondering, you know, this has just become my thing this year. I've like I watched Mike D'Antonio stomp up and down the sidelines, yelling at people. I've watched coaches this year yelling at people up and down the sidelines, and I've just kind of like gotten to the point, and I think we see it all the time in the NBA. You know what? Enough is enough. I, I think we've gotten to the point where you guys are playing a game. You're not this the is show. Not, you're not the show. You're not in a war. Right. Guys' lives and deaths don't depend on this. You're trying to uh, win games for yourself. That's basically what you're trying to do. Right. I, I, Babe Loffenberg and I were talking about this the other day. He says, you know, I grew up in an environment where coaches screaming at you, doing stuff, and he, and he says, you know, I was just used to it. It's no, not a big deal to me. And he says, but you know what? I just don't think there's any place for that anymore. And I think it's just a different world. What it, if you could do it better? I mean, what it's if about you about effective did, communication. Right. It's just effective communication. Right. And you know what? Even if it's effective for that individual in the moment, what does it say about you and your program and that you've families got, that wanting to, to send play? Right. Yeah, I mean, it don't, maybe that's how you address it. Okay, let's not even talk about the moment, whether there's a right or wrong. What are you doing for your images across the country, right. and what key recruits are you going to lose because you take this well, approach? It's, a, it's the same thing. Don't give me this leader of men crap because no. you're not being I'm a physical leader of with men. You're being a belly. No. Oh, a belly. You're being a, a belly. <laughs> A belly bully. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's kind of my, my take on it. And then he, he was talking about how his team had a lack of discipline. Well, I mean, this is you, lack of discipline. Lack you know? of discipline reflects on the coach. Doesn't reflect on the team. Yeah. My, it, I just, if it, it, it reflects on your recruiting, and it reflects on you as, as an ability to communicate and instill through God knows how many hours of practice all week long the discipline that's necessary. Um, yeah. Well, people are saying to me, what do you expect him to do to break up a fight? And I said, you know, it's like Marcus Spears. Have you ever seen somebody break up a fight? They, they don't go up and grab people by their face mask. If you got a – here was the thing. There was no fight. There was no fight. It didn't appear to me from what no, I saw. there was no fight. And so everybody thinks that the that, only- that justified that he was stopping a fight. No, he's not stopping a fight. And if you, if you do stop a fight, you don't grab a guy, you don't back him up three steps. Let me put it this way. That way. You're getting killed mostly by A and M people who are happy that Jimbo Fisher is there and that the program is mostly that. Also, right a lot of people who who think that, that this excuses is the, any behavior. That people sure. also think this is the wussification of America. It's all there's a lot of tough talk out there. Well, I want to tell you that Let being around the two of you, I I agree. There is a lot of wussification in here, yeah. and I'm gonna whoop some ass after this thing Woo! is over. Where are you gonna find it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us. We've had uh, three podcasts today. And I said whoop some ass. You did. We had, and Barry says that all the time, Barry Switzer. Uh, We had Barry Switzer on to talk Texas OU and colleges, and we also talked a little Rangers and and gloom and doom. Yep. So long, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Star's Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.